0: Hey, this is Jet. Welcome to this edition of After Five, a music, art, and entertainment podcast picking up for my radio show Left Off. Welcome everybody. You're tuned into After Five, and I have my next guest with us. We have Mario Rodriguez of the band Smoky Mirror. Welcome to the show, Mario. So the first time I heard Smokey Mirror, the music immediately reminded me of, like, the great jam bands of the past. So tell us a little bit about forming the band and what your master plan was, Mario. Well, uh, I formed the band, um, like, towards
1: the beginning of 2016, kind of towards the end of 2015. Um, And I guess the master plan at the time was just to pretty much like have a band that can sort of combine like different uh musical elements of uh different genres that uh i was into at the time you know like uh, the jammy sort of uh progressive stuff uh and uh I, you know like uh that sort of thing um at the time i was playing drums in a different band uh, and kind of wasn't as fulfilled with uh like filling that role in a musical group so uh i wanted to get back into playing guitar, and uh, I, you know, met our bass player around that time, and we were just really inspired by, like, Jimi Hendrix and Black Sabbath sort of stuff, but uh, we wanted to pretty much start a band that was kind of more along the lines of heavy blues rock with uh, something that we could combine elements of, like I said, progressive music with, and uh, that's pretty much where, like, the vision for the band kind of started
0: now, the band's going to be releasing their debut album in May, but before we get into that, tell us about playing some of like your first shows and what the audiences were like.
1: Uh, so, some of our first shows were kind of a mess. <laughs> we were young and, uh, well, much younger and uh, trying to still figure everything out, but um, uh, eventually after, you know, a couple of less than great shows we started to kind of get our act together and um you know early on we were showing a lot of a uh, lot of uh love and given a lot of good um what's the word i'm looking for like opportunities by other bands that we'd known like locally that had reached like a wider audience and uh so we were able to kind of get in front of pretty good sized crowds uh you know early on and um yeah it was a. Uh, kind of a bumpy road towards the beginning, but, you know, eventually we uh, kind of refined our sound and kind of honed in on on uh, the style that we've pretty much got now.
0: You know, and speaking of first shows, what were, like, some of the first shows you attended, and when was it that you decided, Mario, being a band is something you wanted to do?
1: Well, I... Some of the earliest shows that I attended uh, were when I was, of nine and ten, I had um, some cousins of mine that uh, were a lot older, and uh, my cousin and her husband had, like, a metal band here in Dallas, and they would, uh, you know, put me and my sister, my older sister, uh, who was, like, 15 at the time. We were, like, age 10 and 15, and we'd just be, like, on the guest list at these, like, all-ages clubs to go see our our cousins perform, and um, you know, that was, like, I feel like a really uh, important part of, like, the Uh, pretty much how I first realized, you know, I wanted to play music and like, you know, it was very uh, like those formative experiences that kind of made me, you know,
0: So, Mara, you had mentioned in your bio that you wanted to make music that's engaging to both casual listeners and the refined ears of musicians. So with that in mind, how did you go about writing this album?
1: Um, Well, pretty much, uh, like, over time, uh, just kind of, like, dissecting, like, the music that I really like and the stuff that spoke to me, kind of getting an idea of... that um obviously there's uh, I, I have a a lot of interest in like progressive music that sometimes tends to lose like broader audiences and you know i'm also interested in bands that have more popular appeal but aren't really quite as like technically proficient or um like uh not as like engaging for like the musical like uh musician sort of ears so that's uh just kind of finding like the middle ground there was just uh like the goal from the beginning and uh just uh hard to explain I guess just over time it kind of all just came
0: together. So now tell us about recording this and capturing that kind of nostalgic tone while still sounding so listenable. I mean I read that some of the equipment in the studio was actually formerly owned by Abbey Road Studios and that was kind of cool.
1: Yeah yeah the studio that we recorded at in uh, Palmer, Texas um uh, it's uh, it an all-analog studio that, you know, we recorded uh, a large bulk of the album on two-inch tape. And uh, I think that did a lot to help kind of capture the nostalgic sort of feel that we were going for. Um, and the engineer that we worked with was just a uh, phenomenal, phenomenal, uh, brilliant engineer.
0: Now did you guys face any challenges when writing and recording this album? Yeah,
1: there was a lot of (laughs) a lot of Lot more attention to detail that goes into recording the analog um, that we hadn't really had any experience with before going into it so just kind of getting to understand like how the punch-in process works uh, and uh, just kind of becoming familiar with the gear was uh, also sort of a bit of a learning curve that we had to figure out um, but once we kind of like over time As uh, you know, the recording sessions went on, and we started to kind of understand things better. Things definitely ran a lot more smoothly in the end, but there was certainly some uh, some uh, learning curve involved.
0: So, was this album written like before the pandemic hit?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, A few of the songs we were kind of like finishing up uh, during like the recording process, but uh, a few of of the, I mean, a good. Portion of the the material was written
0: pre-pandemic, yeah. And now the first single that you guys released off the album is Magic Circle, also the longest song of the album coming in at about eight minutes long. And also has like a cool little drum solo near the end. So why did you want to go with this particular song to introduce everybody to first?
1: Oh, well, we felt like this song kind of uh, showcased everybody individually in the band. um... There's a section that sort of allows our bass players, kind of like have his own freedom, like his own solo, and then uh, the aforementioned drum solo as well. Uh, it was kind of a, you know something that we were like unsure about at first because, like you said, I mean it is the longest song on the album, and we were kind of wondering like is this gonna translate well with like the audience for like for being a lot of people's first introduction to our music. But ultimately, we just decided that, you know, the people who get it will get it. And, um, you know, uh, it's the best representation of uh, everybody individually and collectively. Uh, so that was kind of our uh, mentality going into it.
0: So now, are any of you guys, like, trained? I mean, did you guys go to music school or anything like that?
1: No, uh, not like we have not really, like, formally trained or anything. You- um, pretty much... All of us have been self-taught uh, as an adult like only in the last like year year and a half I sort of began taking the steps to like actually be taught music theory and take my like musical understanding like the self-taught understanding that I've developed over years further and kind of giving it some formal structure but uh but yeah no none of us have all none of us have been like we never went to music school uh, we didn't like really. Like have like any kind of training growing up, uh, it was just a lot of mostly just like self-taught stuff.
0: And now you guys ended the album with a cool little guitar instrumental called "A Recurring Nightmare." So tell us a little bit about that song and why you wanted to end the album that way.
1: Well, that song actually is a piece that, uh, like, the first half of it uh, I composed when I was like 15 or 16. Oh, so cool! And um, it was just a piece that. I always uh, was very proud of and just you know felt very strongly about and then um that's one of the songs that like in the process of like recording the album and finalizing everything uh like i just kind of had this spontaneous inspiration and to finish it uh after uh, like 10 years you know of uh playing it to myself and um i just felt like it was a uh, like a a moody like interesting way to end the album you know on a uh sort of gloomy note
0: <laughs> <laughs> and now there's also like a lot going on on this album cover now in the promo sent to me i see like just the cover but does it kind of continue on the back or inside or something
1: yeah you know it's, it's a front and back cover uh it's like two uh pieces like that we we hired an artist here in dallas uh very well-known artist here locally. Uh, His name is Clay Stinnett. And uh, his artwork can be found in pretty much all the most kind of uh, like album covers some of the inspiration that we were drawing from is like the inside cover of uh, almond brothers eat a peach oh yeah just, mm-hmm. you know just like a lot of a lot going on and like you know some like kind of artwork that you can like look at multiple times and find something new each time and
0: so uh yeah did you have any input into that at all though like hey why don't you put this thing here or put this drum set here or anything like that <laughs> We're just like gorilla
1: with chainsaw hands and like a, a bloodhound with a Tommy gun and a volcano and like.
0: It is, and it is really fun. And I, and I had to actually go to your social medias to find the other half of the of the art, and I was like so happy because it just continued on with all this bizarre things like you were mentioning. And it's and it and it kind of really does fit the music too. You know what I mean? Just with like the colors and all this crazy stuff going on, kind of like your music, Mario. Oh, thank you.
1: Yeah, I I would like to think that it was. Uh... Pretty
0: fitting to our sound as well. <laughs> and now, now, why did you guys decide to, to self-title your debut album? Basis. Now again, the debut self-titled album from Smokey Mirror releases on May fifth off Rise Above Records. So, do you guys have a, like a special album release show planned? And now in closing, Mario, if people want to keep up with the band to learn more about you guys or see where you're playing or pick up some merch, what are the best sites for them to go to? Go to?
1: We're pretty good about keeping our Instagram account active. Uh, the screen name is just Smokey Mirror, TX, all one word. And uh, that's where we keep a lot of our update information for shows and, uh, like, our upcoming tour. Um, you know, pretty much everything... Uh, that we're up to, you know, we, we keep on there. And then Facebook, you know, we've gotten better about keeping that, uh, updated, but, uh, that's definitely where we would advise people to go if they wanted to keep up with us and see, you know, what we've got
0: going on. So there you guys go. Smokey Mirror has new album releasing May 5th. And Mario, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. And we wish you and the band all the best.